later on, you understand what they were saying, but the reality is, is they weren't giving you all the information at that time. When I think of Christmas, um, one of my privileges is I've, got, I've been able to sing Handel's Messiah several times. And we all know the Hallelujah Chorus as being probably one of the most famous songs. It's a lot of fun to sing. I was in a choir of almost 200 people. It was so much fun. But my favorite song has always been For Unto Us a Child is Born. I, I love the bass line of it. I love singing it. I'm not going to try singing it now for you. But do we understand in those verses, when God was making this promise of a king, in those verses that we so often hear from the book of Isaiah, that you've heard me quote many times, that there's an interesting code that's there, because all it talks about is a son. Did you ever think about that? Take a look at the verse again. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It goes on to say this, of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever. The zeal of the Lord will, of hosts will accomplish it. That's a great line when you sing it. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. But I don't think when they heard those words from Isaiah and when they were quoted over the centuries, that they had any idea of who this son would be. They knew that a son would be born, and so they always wondered who were going to be the parents of the son. Well, they knew what line he was going to be from. He was going to be of the line of David. He was going to be a great king like David, but all they knew is that he was going to be a son. For unto us a son is born, and he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. But I don't think they got the God part. And so when this child was being born, they had no idea who the father really was. Think about that just for a second. Even when the shepherds went and saw the baby they saw Mary and Joseph, and they said, oh, Mary's the mother, Joseph's the dad. Even when the wise men came years later, even in that time, there's no mention of Joseph, but there wasn't this idea. They knew a great king was going to be born, and a son was going to be born, and they knew what lineage he'd be from, and they knew the promises made about him, but they had no idea whose son it really was. In fact, when Jesus Christ, in his life, would talk about the fact that he and the Father were one, there were times that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would pick up rocks and they would just want to stone him because he was calling himself divinity. Because, do you know what? They didn't understand that Scripture was saying that the son that was going to be born was going to be God. They didn't understand whose dad it was going to be. 
Mary went through that her whole life. So who's the dad? Because he doesn't really look like Joseph. He seems to look more like the mailman. Somebody else. Who is the dad? You can tell us. Well, you know, this angel came to me. And um, God is the dad. It's not an easy story to swallow, but the center of this story isn't that a son was going to be born. The center of the story, as we understand it, is that that son was God's son. We, we don't even understand that at times, but... Think about what God did. The day, that, the day that Jesus Christ began his ministry and he was baptized into his ministry, the voice of God pierced the atmosphere and was heard out loud. And what did that voice say? This is my beloved son, with him I am well pleased. God pierced all of history at that point and announced out loud the reality of Jesus Christ's paternity, which was the fact that God was his father. You see, the message of love that we are talking about today, the message of the cradle that we're talking about today, is this thing that we don't understand, this immaculate conception that took place where God impregnated a woman and his son was born on the earth. And why did God do it? Why did God let his son be born for our sake? It's a famous verse. We know it. It says this. John 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved us so much. We sang it today, I love that line, the darling of heaven crucified. God loved us so much that he gave us his son. You see, the message of Christmas is wrapped up in love. And God loved us so much that he gave us the thing that he loved the most. He could have corrected Isaiah and said, For unto us my son is born. Unto us my son is given and the government shall rest upon his shoulders. My son's name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. 
everlasting Father. You see, the message of Christmas starts with the love of a father for us. If other scriptures that go along with this, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9, and it says this, in this, the love of God has been manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. We didn't love God, but he loved us, and he let his son take the punishment for our sin. You see, the story of Christmas is wrapped up in God's love, but more than the story of Christmas being wrapped up in God's love, the story of Christmas is wrapped up in Jesus' love too. It says this, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-7, through seven, it says, Have this mind among yourself which, you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, whom though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of man. You know, it's interesting that the kind of love that God the Father and God had the Son had for each other is there was no condition to it. Jesus didn't have to do these things so that all of a sudden he'd be seen better by God. Jesus didn't have to do these things so that maybe God the Father would like him. It wasn't a conditional love. It was an unconditional love that made him willing to do what the Father's heart wanted to do for us. It's unusual because we don't live in a world where it works like that so much. Kids, you think it's optional to love and obey your parents. You do. You think that they're giving you suggestions. Hey, clean your room. They don't really mean it. They don't really mean it. It's, it's just a good idea. It's, it's just so that they can have things the way they want them. It has nothing to do with the fact the health department's going to show up soon. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that the recycling center would be excited to receive so many items from my room. It isn't the fact that my whole room smells like a gym sock. Jesus wasn't like that. Hey, Jesus, you know, if it, was, if, if, if it wouldn't really put you out or anything, I was wondering if you would die for the sins of the whole world. Well, I'm kind of busy. I'm in the middle of my game. Can I do it later? Jesus had perfect obedience and perfect love for the Father. And so when he saw how much the Father loved us, 
and he saw that he was the solution, Jesus Christ was willing to die for us. That's what Scripture says. It says that he willingly died for us. Remember when he said, God, I'm not sure I want to do this? John 17. But not my will, but yours be done. John 14, verse 31 is interesting because it's on the night that Jesus was betrayed and he just explained to them that the Holy Spirit was going to come and that he had to leave and that it was good that he was going to leave. And then he described why he was going to do what he was going to do. In John chapter 14, verse 31, he said this, but I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Isn't that cool? You see, the message of the cross, the message of Christmas, is wrapped up in the fact that the Son loved the Father. And so the Son was willing to do what the Father asked. Now, a lot of us are fathers in this room, and we can't imagine that. But they have this perfect love for each other. So in the way the Father, the darling of heaven, loved the Father so much, and that he died on the cross. And part of what he was saying when he died on the cross wasn't just, you are forgiven, but a part of the message of the cross is, I love my dad. That's the message of the cross. The message of Christmas first is that the Father loved the Son and he loved us. And second of all, that the Son loved his Father and loved us. Here's the reality of God's love. What shall we say then? Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? But verse, we like that verse. Let's read 32. Listen to what it says. For he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And then it says this. This is the question. <coughs> How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If God was willing to give his very best for us, you think that all of a sudden God is going to be stingy with us? The message of the cross is the generous love of God, and it extends further than just simply saving us. Jesus Christ said, I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it to the full. Some of you are struggling in your relationship with God because you think he's the stingy father. You've prayed for certain things in your life, and God hasn't given them to you. So you're pouting in your relationship with God today. You're saying, fine. If you're not going to give me what I'm going to want, then I'm just going to kind of... I, I talked to somebody, and, and I said, how do you think your relationship with God is going couple weeks, in the last couple weeks? And he says, I feel like I'm his really crummy friend. And I thought, oh, that's... that's 
that's probably more honest than some of us would ever be. The message of love is that not only will God give you relationship with him, but he will be in relationship with you and give you greater life than you could ever imagine. And yet sometimes, because we don't understand God's ways and his ways are different, we just don't think that things are working out. Instead of realizing that somehow God is trying to be generous in the midst of whatever circumstances that sometimes we even create ourselves. The message of love is a message of God's incredible generosity to us. That's why later in John, 1 John, he says this, we love him because he first loved us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? And so my challenge to you today is this. What are you going to do in response to God's love? A father who loved his son and loved us so very much that his son died for us. A son that loved us so very much and loved his father so very much that he was willing to do that. What are you going to do in response to that? Kids? Adults? Have you responded to the love of God yet? He loved you first. You never could get in front of that. If it's some kind of a competition for you, you're going to lose. Have you accepted the gift of the cross yet? Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior yet? Have you realized that you needed the gift of the cross? Have you realized that you're never going to be able to completely figure out, you're never going to have it all together, you're never going to be good enough, the scales will never work, the only way that you're going to have a relationship with God, which you desperately need, even though you don't think you do today, is to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior and accept the gift of love of Him dying for your sins. For some of you, that's a first-time experience. But for some of you, you're in your relationship with Jesus Christ already, and you need to ask this question. What kind of a friend am I to God? Am I being a child? You know, it's interesting. The Bible tells us that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, I think it's John 1.12, it says we have the right to be called children of God. Are you like your big brother? Are you willing to be obedient to God and trust Him and do it His way? To stop looking at everything as a suggestion that... God, God isn't up there going, well, you know, if would you, you know, would you, you know, I'll give you some piece of candy if you do what I ask. No, he's not doing that. He's just saying, I always know what's best for you. Will you trust me and do what I ask? Will you trust me and start walking on the narrow road instead of trying to push the boundaries constantly? 
Will you do that next right thing that I've asked you to do? Will you trust me more? Will you surrender to me today? I have life for you and it's, and it's to the full. But will you trust me? But God, it's hard right now. It's hard right now because I'm reminded of people I've lost. It's hard right now because I know what I'm losing myself. It's hard right now because my body is not working the way it's supposed to. It's hard right now because my kids aren't doing what they're supposed to. It's hard right now because I don't have the job I want to. It's hard right now because of this and it's hard right now. And we give all of these excuses. But scripture tells us that at the right time, Christ died for us. And the right time was when God said was the right time. So will you trust God today? Even though it's not perfect and even though it's hard and even though you want to pout. I know all about pouting. I'm good at it. I practice sometimes just to make sure I'm good at it. But will you trust God today? Because the message of Christmas is all about love. The darling of heaven was crucified because God loved us and Christ died for us. Let's pray. This never gets old, God, telling your story of love never gets old remembering the depth of it. never gets old celebrating the love that your son and you had for each other and the mercy we received that we didn't deserve because of it. And so, God, today we thank you for the message of love that the Bible is wrapped up in. And God, help us Help us to have second love for you because of the first love you had for us. For unto us a child is born, God, your son, the darling of heaven. We love you and thank you. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.